Pastor Tom uh, is, is with us in spirit. He's, uh, you know what, we have a video. I'll just go ahead and watch the video. This is summer fun. You having a good time? Hey, so grateful that you guys chose to be in church this weekend. Wish I was going to be with you. I'm going to be in Great Falls, Montana, speaking in a men's event all weekend long. Stephen's going to be preaching here in the house. You're going to have a great time. TJ played a rock the house last week. Hey, it's the summer fun. Remember, anytime you're out and about and you're getting around, uh, send us your photos, show us what you're doing. See that building there in the background? That's the hotel here in Burnett, which I'm grateful that we are not staying at. God bless you guys. Love you. See you soon. <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. So he gets to do what he gets to do, and I'm, I'm, I love that we have a church that, get, that allows him to go and do what God has called him to do, uh, that we don't just hold on to it for ourselves, but we release him to do what God's called him to do, and, and it's really cool. He's there, and we got to talking uh, last night, and uh, there's... The, the, the 80 or 90% of the men's conference that are there is all military. Uh, Great Falls, is, there's a base there. And so like 80% of the guys there are all military. And he said last night it was so cool that there's like two or three guys that weren't at the altar at the end of the night. And, and the God was just really moving and some really cool things were happening. So I'm grateful that he gets to go do what he gets to do. And, and we get to have church and nothing misses a beat. Like last week when TJ brought the word and he did it so, so well and so great. And, and I don't know about, yeah, give him a round of applause because he did very, very good. And we're very proud of him. And, and uh, you know, we thought of all the jokes that we could say, you know, like, that's what happens when I leave my notes laying around, and, but, uh, but I'm not going to joke like that or anything like that. He did really, really well, and you know, 2011, I was at Bible college, and um, I kind of, TJ kind of went into some of his past this last weekend, and kind of talked about some of the things that he went through with drugs and alcohol, and, and in 2011, he was kind of in the middle of all that, and I was at a Bible study in Tulsa, and, and I felt God speak to me, and I still have it on my phone, and uh, I just felt like God, and like I knew what he was going through. I knew where he was at, and he, he would tell me things, not everything, but he would tell me certain things, and, and uh, we were just close like that. It didn't matter what walk of life him or I were on. We were just together. Uh, we had many conversations, you know, many where TJ would say, hey, uh, the church thing is you and dad. I'm going to do my own thing. Like, we can all do life together, but you guys do the church thing. Let me do my thing, and, and, and he was really set on that, and and I, I got a word from God late, it was like 11 o'clock one night in 2011, and, and I wrote it down on my phone that me and TJ are going to do ministry together. And uh, at the moment, it was like a sick joke, right? Like, it was like, this is messed up, you know? And, and, uh, and I say that just to say that we're so proud of how far he's come and what he's doing for the kingdom of God and the path that he's leading people. So we love you, we thank you. And... Uh, yeah, I believe God has something for you today. And, you know, recently I've been thinking about uh, different places that I wish I could go back to. You know, you ever hear people say, hey, take, I wish I could go back. Take me back. You know, take me back. And, and uh, not because here is so bad, but, like, because there was so good, you know. And, and it's usually really, really neat places. Like, I think of my life, and I think of places like Hawaii. I've been to Hawaii one time, 
in my life, and uh, it was uh, a couple years ago, and we got to go as a whole family. It was the everybody, and we had so much fun, and I think about all the things that made Hawaii so great. I think about the sandy beaches, and I think about the fruity drinks, and, and I think about standing on the balcony and looking out and seeing the whales and out in the, on the distance and how amazing that was, and, and uh, relaxing by the poolside, and, and oh, it was, it, was, it was great, and I think about the helicopter ride. Me and Bree got to go on a helicopter ride, and, and leading up to, the, to Hawaii, I'd never been before, but, but she had. She'd been before, and, uh, but she'd never been on a helicopter ride, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think a lot of people have been. You know, it's, we don't, that's not just something you do, but that's the one thing she wanted to do, and, and as a family, we set aside, hey, there's certain things we're all going to do together. We're all going to go to dinner this one night, and we're all going to do this, so save your money for that, but then the rest of the time, y'all going to do whatever, you know, do it, it's your vacation, do what you want, and, and so we put money together, and, and, and I knew she wanted to go on a helicopter ride, and I'm like, I'm all for it until I saw how much helicopter rides were, and I was like, whoa, you know, whale watching looks like a lot of fun too, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and so uh, a couple days in, uh, we said, uh, we said, hey, we're going to go into town, and we're going to go shopping, so let's get ready, we all got ready, get into town, and we get dropped off at the helicopter spot, and she's like, what are we doing, and I said, no, I said, you wanted to go on a helicopter, so we're going to go on a helicopter ride, and and uh, we get there. We didn't get the nicest one, like the best one, because, see, every night that we were, we were in Hawaii, 10 days, which was almost six days too long for me. It was like, we did everything the first two or three days, and then you're like, so what are we doing today? Like, I guess the same thing we did yesterday. <laughs> and, but every night we were there, there was this little brick fire pizza joint, this little guy in a cart made pizzas, and you're like, it's Hawaii, like you should be getting fish tacos and sushi, and I'm like, no, this pizza was amazing, and every single night, every single night, we went down and got a pizza from this guy, it was so good, and, and I knew that if we got the best helicopter, that, that, that would interfere with our pizza excursions on the nights to come, and we didn't want to mess with that, so we didn't get the best one, and, and we got the, the, the next one down, and it was really cool, because when we got there, they said some things happened, and they upgraded us to the best one. How many know favor ain't fair, right? So we're on the best helicopter, and it's really cool, it took video for us, and we got to go over all the islands and, and see the whales from up above, all the different pods of whales, the mamas and their babies. And it was really cool. And, and uh, we did some cool stuff. And, and they landed on top of this ranch that you can only get to it by, by helicopter or, or air. You, the only way you get to it. And it's overlooking the island. It's, it was amazing. And, and that is the spot that I asked Bree to marry me. And she made the best decision of her life in saying yes. And you should give her a round of applause for that because... You know, but I also planned it that way because I knew how awkward would that be. It was like day three or four. The next six days, she said no. Like, okay, we'll see you later, I guess. You know, it was, it was incredible. And, you know, take me back. I want to go back. It was so amazing and so much fun. Take me back. And I, I think about another time, like high school. I don't know about what you guys went through in high school. I thoroughly enjoyed high school. I had a great time. My thought was, you know what? 
these four years of my life, I'm never going to get them back. School can always come later, so I'm going to focus on relationships. I'm going to make sure that I'm connecting with people, right? That's what we tell everybody, connect with people, you know, be a people person, and that's what I was. I was, I was popular, not because I was really good at sports or because I was really handsome, because I was really funny, because every group needs a funny person, and I just happened to get picked by the popular kids, so I fit in. It was great. Uh, I think about high school and all the free gas I had. You know how amazing that was? I need gas. I'm going to go and get money from mom and dad. Uh, we're going to have a barbecue at the house. Guess what's in the freezer? Food, as much as we want, for free. You don't have to go and buy it. You just get the barbecue rolling. It was amazing. Uh, we had these magic drawers in high school in our room. The clothes would just so happen to fill themselves up, clean, folded. It was amazing, incredible. I missed those drawers in college. Like, where did they go? You know? In high school, I loved high school, and we had a great time, and I was a star athlete, and I was in shape, and that might be somebody else's memories, because, but it was a good time, you know, take me back, I want to go back, uh, we say things like that, take me back, take me back, and I think that we all have those moments of our lives that we remember, I think it's good to remember those moments. I think it's good to remember those times, not because now is so bad, but because then was so good. You know, I think comparison is a tricky tool, and that's what it is. It's a tool. A lot of times you hear, hey, comparison is a bad thing. You don't want to compare yourself because then you'll be locked out of where God wants to take you, and, and I get that. Comparison can be used for bad, but it can also be used for good. It can also be used to gauge your growth, to gauge your health to gauge where you're at. Comparison is a tool, like many things, like money, can be used for good, can be used for bad. I don't think it's bad to compare if you're using the tool the right way. It's good to look back on those moments. It's good to look back on those times. And I think about many of us have these moments. Take me back. You know, take me back to when I was 50 pounds lighter. <laughs> I would do so many things different. <laughs> And take me back to when my kids were young. You know, take me back to when we first got married. I would change it. Take me back. Take me back. I want to read you guys a verse. And I feel like since we're on the summer of fun, that the only place we should read is the book of Revelation. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Open your books to Revelation. <laughs> Chapter 2, I want to read you this. It says, I know your works and your labor, and your endurance, and that you cannot tolerate evil. You have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you have found them to be liars. You also possess endurance and have tolerate, tolerated many things because of my name and have not grown weary. I love those first few verses. It is such an encouragement, and I think a lot of us look at that, we're like, hey, the next few words should say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Like, like this is where we want to go, but the, the scripture keeps reading, and it says, but I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Take me back. I remember times, like, when we started the church. I remember starting in Pasco, and how simple it was. 
to show up on a Saturday night, play a couple songs, do music, and go home. Maybe, maybe a couple hundred people. Most of them were people you knew, so it was like, hey, I get to go hang out with my friends tonight. And, and it was great, because after church, we'd have a potluck at Pastor Thomas Shelby's house, and people come over and eat. And by 9 p.m., I'm with my friends, mooning state troopers on Highway 12 in Burbank, you know, like, <laughs> take me back. <laughs> you know, like, it, it was simple then. It was easy. And you think about as life goes on, as you begin to grow, which is a good thing, it's a necessary thing, but as you begin to grow, life begins to get more complicated. As the church began to grow, well, now we need a youth ministry. In, in, in Pasco, we didn't have a youth ministry. We went out to the street and, and teased the pit bull across, you know, like, like that was youth ministry. And, and, but as we begin to grow, we begin to add more things to our life. And, you know, we need a women's ministry now. And now we need a men's ministry now. And now we need a, a coffee team. And now we need an ice cream machine. Thank God we need an ice cream machine, you know. And, and it used to be so simple and it was so great, but... But guess what? We can't stay there. We got to keep going. We can't stay when it, we got to keep moving. And the problem is that as we keep moving, we're all affected by life. Things that come. We continue to add things to our life. And things aren't bad. Most of the time, things that we add are good. We, we deem them important, necessary. We add things to our life. Studies are showing that our lives are becoming busier and busier and busier. Did you know one study said that Sunday has become one of the most busiest days of the week? Sunday, the day of rest, the Sabbath. It's the busiest day of our week. And it's not that we're filling it with things we, we don't need or shouldn't, but it's just we're filling it with things. Life can get so busy, so full. I think about a couple months ago, it was a Wednesday night, and Wednesday nights we have youth here at the church, and Wednesdays can be long days for me, and they start usually around 4.30, and I go to the gym with a buddy of mine, and then by 6 o'clock or so, we're back home, and I'm getting ready, and I get in my word, and I do my devos, and then by uh, 9 o'clock, I'm at the church, we have a day of work getting ready for youth and setting things up and getting that stuff, and usually around 2 o'clock or 3, I'll head to a coffee shop, and I'll go sit down, make sure if I'm preaching that night, my notes are in order, that I got my thoughts collected, that I'm going to be okay, you know, and then go home by 5, usually grab something quick to eat, hang out with Bree for a minute, then we get in the car around 6, get to the church, and then we get ready for youth, we do youth, youth is over around 8, 8.30, depending on the students and where we're at, and then we're done, but then we don't usually leave the church till 9.30, maybe even 10 o'clock some nights, just because kids like to hang out, kids like to just chill or whatever, and, and so that's what we do, and so we're leaving here usually on a Wednesday night around 9.30 or 10 o'clock, and so this Wednesday was one of those Wednesdays, it was just a full day, and, 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 and we're getting ready to leave, me and Bree are, and I don't know about uh, you guys here, but usually by that time, I am all out of words, okay? By the end of a Wednesday, Stephen's got no more words left. He ain't going to talk much anymore. And, 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 and that's great because Bree has like 90% of her words left. Like she, is, she saved them all for that moment. And it's great, right? I listen, she talks. And, 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 and I'll, I'll be honest, we're leaving, 
and I was more thinking, you know, we get in the car, and I don't know about you, but I really like to think when I drive, or just nothing's playing, nothing's going on, and I'll just internalize things and think through things, and, and that's what happened. We get in the car after youth, and we're leaving, and, and, and I hear the words um, that I most dread um, any day, really, and she says, hey, I need you to take me to Target. I need a few things. And I'm saying, you know, inside, no, please, God, no, you know. And, 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 but, 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 but out loud, I say, yes, ma'am, whatever you need, baby. And, and so we, we're driving, and, 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 and we, begin, we, be, we begin talking, right? And, uh, and, and, and we're talking, and, and I'm thinking, like, okay, how was youth? You know, was that good? What could we change? I'm really glad so-and-so showed back up. It was nice to see them. How could we get better? Uh, what should we do next week? I got to be up early tomorrow. We have a 645 appointment. I got to get moving. And, 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 and I'm all internalizing this stuff. And, and while I'm doing that, her and I are making financial decisions, major <laughs> financial decisions with our budget and, and what's coming up. And she's telling me my, my, my schedule for the next four days and how she's rearranged it to, to, be, to better fit what we need. And, and, and we're making major decisions together. And I'm just thinking, and she's talking, and, and, we're, and we're going we're going to Target, right? And, 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 and at the last second, she says, Stephen, Target. And I swerve into Target because I was going to miss it. I was not going to Target. I was not, at 30 miles an hour, you pull into Target at 9.30 on a Wednesday night, something's going on, you know, and, and I, I sat there thinking about it because she went in and, and uh, you know, we needed olives. <laughs> we've had, we've had um, intense fellowship over this story. Uh, we needed olives. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just going to say we didn't leave with olives. But we still spent money. And you got to think about it. As we continue to grow and move forward and we add things to our lives, that if we're not careful, we risk going so fast, moving in our routines, and chance the possibility of us missing what God has for us. If Bree didn't yell, target, I would have just went home. I, I got into my routine. I got into my, my zone. And if it wasn't for her to say, stop, you're going to miss it, I, I would have missed it. And, I, and, and that is my hope for you today that I could say, hold up real quick, <laughs> target, you know, in our lives that we've added so much things to, good things that we see important and necessary that I could just maybe for a second say, slow down, because you might miss something God has for you. It's, it's summer, which means we're going to have fun, right? We've deemed this the summer of fun, and you might be sitting there with your grumpy attitude saying, this is not a summer of fun, this is the same summer I had last year, it's hot, it's miserable, my AC doesn't work, I'm not having any fun, and, 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 and this is what we say, is it, it's not that, that 
someone has made this, is that this is a stance we're taking. That we're choosing to make this summer fun. That we're making a decision that what we're going to do and how we're going to make it. And, and, and I say that because you, you might miss something if you, if you keep moving so fast. You might miss something if you take this summer and like we do, we begin to add so much things to our lives, especially this time of the year, we add and add and add. We got to go on vacations and we got to make sure the kids are happy and we got to go to the pool and we got to do the yard project and we got to make sure the house is in order and we got to add, add, add. You might miss what God has for you if you don't slow down for a second. If you don't just pause and say, hold on. See, we're getting busier and busier, busier and busier. It reminds me of the story in the Bible in Luke of Mary and Martha. And Jesus comes into town, and everything's better when Jesus comes into town. And, and, and so what, the two, two people who are in the same situation, yet they decide to do two totally different things. One person decides that I'm going to give all my attention to Jesus. I'm going to sit at his feet. I'm going to hang out with him. I'm going to listen to what he has to say. And, and one person says, okay, we got to get things done. We got to get the house in order. We got to vacuum. We got to make sure there's food in the oven. We got to make sure that everybody knows that Jesus will be at our house and moving, 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 moving. And the story goes, and, and Luke, I want to read this to you, but one of them gets upset. Why? Because one person's doing all the work and the other one's just sitting around. Nobody likes those people that when you're doing all the work, they just sit around and do nothing. It's one thing to do nothing on the Xbox while someone's doing all the work. It's a totally another thing to do something with Jesus. Anyways, it says in Luke 10, 38 that, 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 that Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked, Jesus, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to give me a hand. And I love Jesus' response to this. It says, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But one thing is necessary. And Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, you're so worried. I think we can relate to Martha in our society right now. Martha, you're, you're, you're so worried about all this stuff that's going on, yet Mary is not distracted by things. Mary has focused on one thing, and it's the most necessary thing, and that's not going to be taken away from her. And I think about, uh, I think about Mary in this context. You know, I think, you know, she's upset, and, uh, or, or Martha's upset, and, and, and Mary's sitting there, and, and Martha's upset, and she's like, Jesus, do you not care that I'm doing all this work? And Jesus says that response to her and doesn't even answer her question, doesn't even really give any, any kind of confirmation to what she said. Like, hey, I asked if you're going to make her help me. And you give me this tongue twister, this analogy that nobody can really understand. But, but the thing that comes across to me, she says, do you not care? And I think that describes us. We get so busy with our things, we miss what God has. And we go to him saying, God, do you not care? Are you not watching me do all this stuff? See, we have put so much importance on what we do. We live in a society where what we do equals value. 
what we do equals our worth. Man, I look at young girls all across and what they do determines their value. And it's so opposite of what God wants. It's so opposite of the truth. What we do doesn't determine our value. Who we are does. It's not what we do. It's who we're going to be. See, there's people in here, and you're worried right now because you don't know what you're going to do. And that's not what you should be worried about. You should be worried about who you're going to be in this season of life. Who you're going to be in this situation you're going through. Because if you decide to be the right person, then you'll end up doing the right things. See, it's very rare you see the right person doing the wrong thing. If you decide to be who God's called you to be, because see, like TJ so, so well described last week, God loves you not for what you do, but for who you are. You're his son, daughter. We put so much emphasis on what, what, what. What are we going to do? What are we going to add? And not who are we going to be? And I've shared a verse in Revelation, and there's something to know about the book of Revelation that for some reason is a scary book. And I don't know, I've read it. And I don't get fear when I read that. When I read that, I get excited. I mean, it's like reading the end of the, of, the, of the story and we see that we win. We see that God overcomes. That Jesus is coming back to get his people. And for me, that makes me excited because I'm one of God's people. So it doesn't matter what we go through. It doesn't matter what we're in the middle of. I know that God's coming back. We're, we're going to win. The book of Revelation is, is it's an amazing book and and it's written by a guy named John, not John the Baptist, but John, the best friend of Jesus. And interesting about John is at 90 years old, he's sent to prison because he was a Christian. 90 years old, he's sent to an island where he's going to spend the rest of his life breaking rocks. It's his prison sentence. He's on this island and says that he has this vision which is such a cool, it's just a cool picture that, you know, what you might see as a prison, that God can use as an opportunity. You know, what you might see as a setback, God sees as a setup. Because now we have this book, it's life-changing, and it says that John has this vision, and he hears a voice behind him that's like a trumpet sounding. And it says, hey, what, whatever you see, I want you to write it down says that he turns to look to see who's talking to him and it's like the son of man. Jesus is standing there. We need to understand that this isn't Jesus the lamb that was slain, but this is Jesus the king who has conquered death. That this is a different, this is Jesus in all his power, in all his glory, in all his victory. And you read the description of it and it gets you fired up that Jesus is standing there and he says, John, I want you to write this stuff down. And when John sees who it is, he says, John falls down like he's dead. And Jesus says, get up and write this. And Jesus proceeds to write seven letters to seven different churches. And 
the, the passage we read in chapter 2 is a letter to the church of Ephesus. And the church of Ephesus is a really cool church. I, I got to read you some of the stuff about Ephesus because it, it really is intriguing to know that the, the, the Ephesian church was a group of hardworking believers and they were gatekeepers of the truth and they didn't compromise and it was, a, it was planted by the Apostle Paul. And, and if you read your Bible, you'll recognize some of these names. And Priscilla and Aquila, they took over after Paul. They preached there. Um, the famous Apollos came, and he pastored for a little bit. Paul came back, spent a couple years with them. And this was the church that Timothy pastored at, and, and John pastored. And these guys basically had the best of the best. And one person says that it was the most thoroughly instructed first century church. These guys had everything they needed to be victorious, to live the life God called them to. They had all the tools necessary. We see this passage from Jesus. He says, I see your works. I see how good you're doing. and You're laboring and you're enduring for my name. I see it. And we say, yeah, let's add more stuff. We're doing well. We're doing good. We can add more things because Jesus is saying, good job. But he doesn't stop there. He says, but I have this one thing against you, that you've lost your first love. And I want to read you a couple different versions of this passage. And it says, uh, I have this against you. You do not love me now as you did at first. I have this charge against you. You have left your first love. You have lost the depth of love that you first had for me. And this one hit me. It's, I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Could we be adding so much things to our lives that we're missing the most important thing? That we're missing what really matters to love God and to love people. See, I remember uh, when I was 15 years old, I was going into my, my sophomore year of high school, and uh, it was football season. And during the summer, we have workouts, we have practices, we get ready, we have camps, and, and, uh, and that's my sophomore year, JV, on the JV team. And guess who? Starting center, right here, I'm the starter, life's good. And uh, the, 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 the thing about um, my life, and, you know, being a PK is usually we have, there's a lot of times where we have things going on, but yet so does like the church or so does an event. Or, and so we are, sometimes we're in this limbo of, okay, what are we going to choose this time? And, and, and this time, it happened every year, but, you know, every year the men of the church go to a men's retreat called Man Camp, and, and it falls on the same weekend of the, of the first game. And, and I remember kind of sitting there thinking like, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to go to man camp or am I going to go and stay home and play football? And, and I'm the starter. I'm a big deal now, right? Like I got, <laughs> the, the team's relying on me. And, and, uh, and, 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 and I made the decision, something in me, I just, I just want to go. I'm going to go to man camp. I'm going to miss the first game. And, and, and I, got a lot of, I got a lot of heat for it. And my coach was, hey, if, if you don't show up, you won't play. You're not going to start another game. And, and for a young believer making a decision to follow God in that moment, it was persecution at its finest. And, and hey, I got slack from the team. And I got different people saying, come on, you can't let this. 
let us down like that. And, and something in me just decided, I, want, I just want to go. I'm going to go. And so I missed the game. I went, I went to, to the camp. And I remember we get there, and, and uh, I'm excited. And things are going on. And I see this guy. And for a moment, I, it, was like, it was like everything went slow motion in my world. And, and I made eye contact with this guy. And something in my spirit. I, I can't explain it. Uh, I don't know if it's really ever happened again since, but that moment, something was, it was literally like everything paused, and, and, and I saw him. We didn't speak words to each other. We, did, we just, and then the boom, it was gone. It was over, and, and, and I moved on, and I was like, oh, that was weird. Like, I don't know what that was, and, and, uh, and we get to the service that night and come to find out that the guy that I had that moment, I don't know if he did, but I had that moment, he's the main speaker, and uh, he's in his message, and at the end of the message, he begins to call people forward, and he begins to prophesy over them. And, and if you're unfamiliar with what that is, that's when somebody comes up, and by the Spirit of God, they just begin to speak truth and life over you. And, and it's usually things that you already kind of know, and, the, and it just begins to be uh, revealed to you, and it's confirming things in your life, and it's encouraging, and it's, it's good for the body. And, and it was just a really cool. And, and he calls me up, and he begins to prophesy over me. And things that I've always felt in my life, things that I've always known, he begins to speak them over me. And, and I remember in that moment, I, I began to weep and I began to cry. And why? Because the guy was so good. No, no, no. It wasn't, had nothing to do with this guy. It had to do with, for the first time in my life, I heard God talking to me. For the first time in my life, it was a moment where Jesus was saying, Stephen, I love you. I have a plan for you. I've called you. I, I remember it so well. That moment. Take me back. I remember that moment where I fell in love with God so deep. That moment where he spoke to me. I remember sitting there realizing that it was worth every football game I could ever play. That I would never trade that moment for anything again. Take me back to that love I had. That moment where it didn't matter what God called me to do. That I, could, I would leave all my friends. I would leave everything I have just to follow him. Just to do what he said. Just to be close to him. Take me back. Do you remember that first love? Do you remember the first time God called you? Do you remember the first time you heard his word? You heard his voice? Do you remember that feeling you had that nothing else mattered? For many of us sitting in this room, we've had that moment where you heard him talk to you, love you, The problem I have is that it says you've lost the love you had for me and each other. See, I feel like it's easy to love God. Like, I don't know if you know, but God's kind of perfect. Like, he's never failed you. He's, he's never let you down. He's faithful. He's just. He's righteous. He's honest. See, usually when we lose our first love, 
it's not so much losing love with God, but it's losing love with other people. Because people are not perfect. They're not honest. They're not just. They're not kind. They're not righteous. And that's where we are missing it, I believe. And I'm speaking directly to this community, to this body of believers, the ones that call the guard of their home. I'm speaking to us. That yes, we love God, but do you love each other? Because the Bible says that you can't hate your brother and love your father. The Bible says that you have to love each other, love your neighbor as you love yourself. See, have we added so many things to our lives that we're missing the most important thing in its community? to be connected to each other, to love each other, to be deep-spirited friends, to agree. I remember I was in Bible college, and it was late on a Wednesday night, and I'm driving home, and I was a part of a college ministry. We met at 9 p.m. Hundreds of people would come out. It was amazing. We'd hang out. We'd do worship and music and a message, and, and then we'd hang out. And, and so usually Wednesday nights, I'd leave and I'd get home around 11 midnight right in there it was a late night and and uh, and I lived in North Tulsa I had a house with a couple buddies that went to the church and we shared a house and you know like the first time I, I saw the house in person I was with my parents they took me down to Tulsa that year and we were hanging out and we're on our way carrying all my stuff from my old apartment to the new house and and my mom starts crying in the front seat and, and my dad's like what is going I mean it's like there's nothing going on like there's nothing special about this moment we're just driving uh, in North Tulsa and my mom starts crying and my dad's like what are you doing <laughs> and she's she, she says is Stephen gonna be safe because I don't know if you know this but North Tulsa is like the worst part of town it is terrible I mean I mean it's not uncommon for me to be laying in bed and the helicopter spotlight go through my room one night and I'm just like, oh good, you know, the neighborhood watches out tonight and we're gonna, it's gonna be a good night, you know, and, and uh, it's a really shady stuff happened next door in my, it was, it was weird, you know, oh, somebody got shot, find out that was three doors down from me, like, you know, crazy and it was not a good part of town and so I'm, I'm headed home uh, this late one Wednesday night and, and it's all highways, so I get off the highway to, to get to my house, and there's this homeless guy sitting on the side of the road. And, and at this moment in my life, I, I'm on fire. I, I, I'm, I'm all in. And there's nothing holding me back from what God wants to do. Like, like I'll do anything. I'm, a, I'm one of those radical believer type, you know, like, I'm, in, I'm all about it. And, and, I, and I get there, and I stop, and I'm in my little Kia Sportage, and I roll the window down. I said, hey, is there anything I can do for you? <laughs> I told the story a little wrong last night. And he, and he said, uh, he said, yeah, you got a cigarette? And I said, no, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I don't have one. And uh, I rolled the window back up <laughs> and I left. And I looked in my mirror and he's flipping me off as I leave. <laughs> And I already knew in my head, the moment he asked, I knew what I was going to do. Hey, do you have a cigarette? No, I don't. But I drove to a convenience store, and I walked in, and I said, hey, I need a pack of cigarettes, which is really uncomfortable if you don't smoke. Because they're like, 
what kind do you want? And you're like, um, a good one, I guess. I don't know, you know, uh, the kind that smoke. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so I get it, I open it up, fold up a $20 bill, I shove it in there, get back on the highway, way out of my way, because it's all highway, so I got to go all the way back around. And I pull off, and he's there. I roll my window down. <laughs> I said, hey, I didn't have cigarettes, but I went and got you some. And he said, thank you. And I said, do you mind if I pray with you? And he was like, sure. And I grabbed his hand, and we prayed. And I said, hey, just know that God loves you, and I love you. Roll my window up. I go home thing is, I don't know if that guy ever went to church. I don't know if that guy ever created a relationship with Jesus. I don't know if he ever got his life right. But what I do know is that in that moment, he saw Jesus. That in that moment, Jesus met him where he was. And I want us to realize as a body, as a church, that we are to be Jesus for people out there. That we can't be so caught up in what we're doing that we forget who we are. That it's not about how much we can fill our lives with, it's not about how much we can accomplish, but it's about who we can meet Jesus, who we can get Jesus into their lives. Please, please don't miss it. Please slow down this next couple of months. Please take a minute to pause and say, am I being who God has called me to be? Am I connecting with the people that God has called me to connect with? Because what is it to gain the world but lose your soul? Don't miss this. Don't get going so fast that you miss what God has for you. Love God to love people. Disciples said, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But this is the second, to love your neighbor as yourself. To love God, to love people. There's no greater than these two, to love God, to love people. Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads for me? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if the message spoke to you, but I am just going to pray. Just for us as a church, as a body of believers, and for us individually, that we wouldn't miss it. That there's so many things in our lives that are important, but yet God says that there's one thing that's necessary, to love him and to love each other. So God, I thank you right now for every single person in here. I thank you that it's not by mistake or, or happen chance that they're in this room right now. I thank you that it's not by coincidence that they showed up, but God, it's by your divine appointment and your spirit that they're here to hear this word that you would have to speak to them, to slow down, to take a second to remember the love they had, to remember when you called them, to remember when you delivered them, to remember when you set them free, to remember the love that we had, that nothing was going to stop us, 
that it didn't matter what came our way. It didn't matter what the job situation looked like. It didn't matter what the family looked like. God, we were following after you. May we remember. May we take a moment in our busy lives and say, God, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I want to fall in love with you again. I want to fall in love with people again. God, help us. God, help us come back. Help us fall back in love with you. Help us remember the love we had at first. With every eye closed and head bowed, if you're in this room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, can I tell you that you can have a moment right now it's just you and him. Nothing else matters. Maybe you've gotten away. Maybe you've gotten off. Maybe you fell out of love. Maybe I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. What matters is right now you're going to make a decision to follow him again. To love God. To love people. We do that by asking him into our lives to be our Lord and our Savior. And that's you and you want to make this prayer your prayer. You want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Would you just lift your hand in the air for me right now, wherever you're at, so that we can pray with you. Thank you. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Is there anybody else? Just lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Just lift your hand in the air. This moment's about you. This moment's about what God wants to do. Thank you. Thank you. That's amazing. I want everybody to repeat this after me. Say, God, I love you. I thank you for sending your son to die for me. Today, I'll make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Come into my heart, make me new, make me clean, and I choose to follow after you. I won't forget. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Can we give God a round of applause for the people? We made a decision today to follow Jesus. Their eternity is forever changed.